if you are going to jump into this, it has to be because you are so passionate about this that you just can't see yourself doing anything else. If that's not how you feel about it, you need to work on mindset first. That's the first thing I would say is go work with someone that can help you shift that mindset. Because if you just decide, I'm just going to jump in like people are telling me and your mindset hasn't shifted, most likely you're going to sink and then you're going to be frustrated and think that it's not for you. And it could have been for you. You just did the steps backwards. Welcome to another episode of Academics Mean Business. This is your host, Dr. Lindsay Padilla. I have another amazing friend on to share with you. I can't even believe we cracked up. Her name is Adam Reyes Mendoza, by the way. Um, We cracked up at the beginning because we're like, how did we wait this long to have you on? Like, My show has been over a year now, and I can't believe she wasn't on earlier. Uh, You're going to love this episode, and we actually go down a really interesting path. Um, she is basically does mindset coaching and conversations and, you know, coaches, she coaches women like high achieving women to push forward, go do their business. Um, and in, especially in like, even kind of like in the academic niche, she, uh, helps, you know, really smart, talented, driven women get what they want and they desire. And it's all based on her life. And you'll hear her, her story about how she was really sick, like really sick at one point in her life. Um, you know, not you know, really just debilitated and couldn't do a lot. And that really woke her up. And so she went back to school to become a psychotherapist. And so that's her background. And she was licensed and then was debating going into a PhD program, right? And from there, she realized that a lot of her colleagues and friends that she saw doing PhD programs or that were out were really unhappy. And so she started to question, what did she want? What were her desires? Um, you know, did she want to go into debt to be able to do this? You know, that kind of thing. So her work is all actually built off of that. How can you get what you want in your life? And so towards the end, without getting into, you know, too many details, we we do talk about business as it relates to relationships. She actually, uh, her husband came home and now works in her business, Malcolm. And so it was the first time I've ever been able to really talk about <laughs> being in business with a partner. And uh, Derek and I are going to do an episode actually on that pretty soon. Um, probably, yeah, it'll actually probably be within a few episodes. And I told her that actually too. And I said, oh, I think we talked about this because it's on my mind. But you'll like this episode, I think, because first of all, she's really powerful. And um, I think her story is really powerful. But I think she also has really great ways of flipping you know, the stories we tell ourselves. So I think it will be really valuable. So I hope you enjoy it. And give her a shout out online, of course, and tell her that you heard about her from Academics Mean Business. That would be amazing. All right, folks, enjoy. And I will see you on the other side. All right, everybody, I would love and I'm so wait, no, I don't even love it. I'm just so excited because my really good friend Adam Maurice is here. We are best friends basically because we've been to <laughs> conferences together. We've hung out um many times, had a couple of margaritas together um in the beaches of Mexico. I mean, we've done a lot of stuff. We've traveled the world together. London, we've had tapas in London. I mean, this is not a joke. This is a, a solid friend of mine, and I cannot believe it's taken this long to have you on the show. That's the other part of this. Hey, hey, and don't forget <laughs> crickets. You had crickets oh, in Puerto crickets. Vallarta. You did not partake. I did not. Though. I would never. No. <laughs> 
Um, I really think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. And it's I I like interviewing friends because I always find out that I like I basically learn more about them than I really even knew. And I'm like questioning what I'm going to learn about you because I feel like I know a lot about you. Um, But this is going to be a fun conversation. And I feel like it's also going to be really inspiring. The work that she does in the world is really amazing and is probably going to resonate with many of you listening um, because uh, she just literally embodies like making the decisions that bring joy in our lives and making decisions based on that. And I've just been watching her for the last few years do exactly that. So you guys are in for a treat. Hey, hey, I am super, super honored to be here. I mean, if we talk about inspiring, um, you inspire me. Um, All the things that you've done since I met you uh, the first time in that airport with the pineapple leggings. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, That will forever be etched in my memory. It is how I was able to locate you. And since then, you've grown and expanded Mm. and just touched so many people and you keep inspiring me every single day. Oh, thanks. Well, let's keep inspiring each other because I think it's helping both of us in business for sure. Let's Um, stroke our egos. (laughs) Let's do it, right? We're both awesome, obviously. (laughs) Um, So we like to start in Academics Mean Business on the show with your education, man. Like, what were you studying? What was little Adam Maurice doing? What was she passionate about when she was going through school? What are some of the things you, uh, choices you made, I guess, about choosing a career path? Because I think that will give us insight into who you are and then like also the business that you've created as well. Well, little Adam Maurice, um, when I was little, I wanted to run a cash register. That's what I wanted to do. Because, but listen, Handle the money. <laughs> yes, because it had money in it. And I mm-hmm. thought that it just magically grew money. Mm-hmm. And then I learned that it didn't. And so... <laughs> and that those people don't make a lot of money, right? <laughs> yes. I learned the cold, hard truth, as we do as when we grow as adults, mm-hmm. right? And so I went to school, um, to business school. And um, a lot of people don't know this about me because it's just not my personality anymore, but I went to business school and I majored in accounting uh, Mm -hmm. and business. So I was an accountant for uh, many years. I worked in non-for-profits. I worked with budding entrepreneurs, and I also worked in the insurance and banking and investment industry. Um, So a lot of people don't know that. I was uh, wearing a suit every day to work and um, lived in that very rigid, rigid environment um, Mm. of the financial industry. Uh, and then I became super sick, um, super ill. Um, I had to quit my job. I had to. I lost that basically everything, and um, I didn't know that I was going to make it. And through that bottom, 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 mm. um, I realized that I had to make a change, and I I became a psychotherapist. I went back mm-hmm. to school um, to help women uh, that you know that find themselves lost in, you know, in life, right? Like you have Mm -hmm. a goal, you want to feel fulfilled, you want to grow a business, you want to do this, you want to do so many things, but you feel unfulfilled and lost and, and, you know, you want, you make money, but feel unfulfilled. You feel fulfilled, Mm. but you don't make money. You you make money, but then you can't find the love of your life. You have the love of your life, but then you can't make money. Mm. It's like you can't Mm -hmm. find harmony. Um, And that's where I was. And so I went back to school and became a psychotherapist. And after I became licensed, I, I thought I was going to go back to school again and, be, and get my mm-hmm. PhD. And then I met a lot of people that had PhDs in psychology and they were very unhappy mm. and were not making barely any money and I had a whole bunch of student loans. 
And so I decided I was not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Just one day it just hit you, right? (laughs) Just, I just like, I don't want to have all this amount of debt. And then once I finish, I'm not, I'm barely making enough to cover the debt. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. it's just so stressful um, to finish a degree like that. Uh, It basically, you have no life for a number of years. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And I was already uh, 35. So, mm-hmm. you know, I basically created a whole new life and career for myself. And so I did not want to, um, you know, spend five years <laughs> and a whole bunch of money mm-hmm. that I didn't have mm-hmm. at the time. Yep. And so I just practiced as a licensed um, counselor, licensed therapist, and did a lot of marriage therapy, uh, women's. I work with a lot of women, so I, I helped um, at all levels. I work with executives, judges, doctors, entrepreneurs. And after working in, as a therapist for a number of years, I realized that I was still in a cage. Like I felt like, again, mm. like I felt when I was in the banking industry, like people were deciding for me and insurance companies were deciding how much I earned and state mm. boards decided where I could practice and who I could work with. And so I saw coaching as freedom because then I could really decide how I was going to help women and where the women could be from anywhere. And so that's when I decided to launch my international coaching consulting business. Yeah. How did you come across it? Like, what was your, what were some of the first early things where you're like, oh, I can run a business online? Cause that's not typical. Um, uh, of a of a job choice, especially coming out of like yeah a credentialed you know job like therapy. So when did you like stumble upon it, or were you actively seeking it? What did that look like? I first had seen it. Um, I would get like mail. You know, when you're mm. when you're licensed, you get a whole bunch of stuff offered to you. And mm-hmm. I'd seen some stuff uh, mailed to me, but then I would look at the credentialing boards for it, and it was ridiculous. Like I'm not gonna pay you ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars for me to credential uh-huh. me on coaching for stuff I know more than you do. Yep. <laughs> so <laughs> that's at first. That's I thought interesting. That was- that's the only choice. So I shied away from it. Um, and it years passed by. And then, you know, when the internet really hit and I started, um, looking in the internet and I started seeing coaching stuff and, Mm -hmm. and it took a while, honestly, because it just felt like, oh, well, that's like a downgrade because, Uh, you know, I, like I have so much experience and degrees and license and, you know, like it felt like a dying downgrade for a minute. Mm. And but I started digging in because I knew that I needed an, a different option. I couldn't stay where I was. That's really interesting because I think I think we have had this conversation um, about you know we talk a lot about it on on this show. I think there's a level of prestige that comes with going to school for as long as we do, and you know I think yeah, being a therapist is seen as as this like oh like you must be really smart and um, you know like lots of things that come with having that kind of career choice. So we we think I I think there's some exchange that could happen where if the identity of I earned this degree to get this position and and now potentially starting my own business could make that disappear. Um what were you thinking? Like what was kind of when you were like okay it it took a while, right? We maybe saw maybe you watched like a couple you know saw a couple of Facebook ads or whatever, but what were you thinking when you did decide to actually like maybe first invest in yourself to uh, to to start a business? And I guess my my follow up or maybe it's a related question is, were you deciding to start a business while you were also actively 
practicing therapy? Was it like a side hustle for you at that early stage? Yes. Yes, it was. And um, really what what made, there was two things that made the deciding point. Mm. One was I heard some coaches online saying some crazy stuff. And um, no, yeah, some crazy, crazy stuff. And I felt like I I can't say anything. And if I'm not speaking, if Mm. I'm not out there, then that's Mm -hmm. the only option people have because I'm in here in my office and I can't really, you know, speak too much because I can't really work outside my state. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's very limited what I can do. And so if I'm not saying anything, then, you know, that's my, it's my own responsibility. Um, so that got me really riled up, uh, people getting misinformation yeah. and then also how much they were charging. Mm. And I am here, you know, like I was making a decent living. I was mm-hmm. making good money. I could travel. I, I mean, I wasn't poor by any means. Right. Um, we lived a good life, but I'm like, mm-hmm. this is crazy. I have a whole mm-hmm. lot more of knowledge, experience, education, and expertise. And these people are charging this exorbitant amounts uh, of money. And so uh, the money and the responsibility um, Mm. and the opportunity, um, Mm -hmm. you know, to reach people different than me in all different parts of the world Mm. that just really just was a game changer. Yep. So what were some of your first moves? Like, was it start a website? Was it get a client? Like, what were you doing right um, at that beginning stage? I think the thing that I struggle the most and, you know, I've transitioned since to helping some other therapists and, and, you know, mm-hmm. service providers create their businesses. And the, the thing that we struggle the most is how do we package this? Because mm. we have so much experience. It's a problem, but all the experience yeah. we have, um, because we have yeah. so much experience that, you know, packaging that, um, into, um, into something that makes sense for our potential clients and creating mm-hmm. a, a marketing message that resonates is very difficult. And so that was my first struggle. And so I, I had to hire, you know, coaches for that mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and to clarify that. And, and to be honest, it's not something that you clarify in a moment, right? It, no. It, you evolve mm-hmm. and grow and I'm growing in, right now. I'm evolving and shifting right now. Yeah. Um, and so that was the first struggle. And then the second struggle is getting those clients because you're used to clients yeah. coming to you. You're not used to, mm-hmm. stand, you know, mm-hmm actively marketing yourself to get clients that much. It's it's yep. more um, referrals that come to you. And so uh, standing there and offering, really offering my services and, you know, risking being vulnerable and risking nobody caring, mm. um, that was a struggle as well. Mm. When did you decide that you were done with your therapy practice? Was there something that you, was there a goal you hit in your business? Was it like just an aha moment? Um, it was more of, I'm just, I just not aligned with it anymore. Mm. Um, I, mm-hmm. I just feel like if I keep doing that, I am going to burn out because it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't make me feel amazing in terms of energy. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. giving it my all and that's in detriment to my patients. Uh, yeah. it, it mm-hmm. feels, it just felt too heavy. And so I had to transition. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you said that the, um, detriment to my patients. I actually thought the same thing about me um, when I was teaching. And it was almost like once you like think a thought and you're like, oh, that's possible for me. Right. And you believe it. Then you're like, there's no other option except Mm -hmm. to go all in. Right. And I had a similar moment and I thought, yes, I could. And I'm giving air quotes right now. I could 
finish out this school year because it was I left in the middle of an academic year. I could wait till May, but also how am I serving my students in that spring semester? Like how good will I really, how present will I be? And I already felt the pool that fall away from them. And I, you know, one of, and I'm sure the same goes for you, like the reasons why we do therapy or, you know, go into teaching and and academia is because we want to serve our students or our clients. When that shifts and it becomes bigger than those people right in front of you, then you're not doing what you set out to do originally. Um, it's going to be bigger and that's great. And so the faster you get there, that's at least how I felt too, was like, the faster I go all in, the better it is for everybody. Me, my students, my future clients, my future business, what it is going to be. I just need to do it now. Yes. And I think internally we know, and we res- when we resist it, then all sorts of stuff starts happening. Mm. Um, and so it's, it's really better to listen um, to what's going on, you know, listen to what the body's saying, what the mind is saying, just listen to those signals because when it starts getting heavy, if you don't let it go, if you don't let it, like the song, I love that song. I really do love that song <laughs> because it is, it is true. Yes. It, you've got to let it go. If you hold on, mm-hmm. then everything is going to be difficult. All of it is going to be difficult. I know you like coach th- people through this, but I bet there's a lot of people listening right now that, um, feel that like pull a little bit? What what kind of advice would you give to somebody at the stage where they're maybe working on a side hustle, but they haven't made the leap or they're or they're just like dreaming about it? Um, but they're they're they might be resisting it. What are what's some advice or like maybe what are some signs as well um, that that is happening for them, that they're experiencing that? I think you really need to go within and really, really ask yourself, is this something that I really want to do? Is it my passion? Like, am I passionate about this? Or do I just want to do this for extra cash? Right? Do I just want to do it because I just want a couple more bucks? um, Because other people are doing it because I want easy money. Mm Because that's how a lot of times it's marketed. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I see a lot of from from this to famous in five minutes with my program, um, from having nothing to creating a course where that you could retire for the rest of your life in passive (laughs) income. Um, Right. Mm -hmm. So none of those things are going to be true for 99% of the people. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. if you are going to jump into this, it has to be because you are so passionate about this that you just can't see yourself doing anything else. If that's not Mm. how you feel about it, um, I'm not going to say don't do it, um, sure. but I'm going to say don't let go of what you are happy doing right now um, mm. and jump into the water because, um, mm-hmm. you know, you could still have a side hustle for a while until you, you know, you feel what having a side hustle is. I don't like the word hustle, but mm. it, in this terms is the only way to understand it. Um, I, I'm not against that. Um, yeah. If, if, you know, if, if you need some time to figure it out and test mm-hmm, the waters mm-hmm. and depending yep. on what your mindset is and where you come from. Like if your parents were entrepreneurs, by all mm-hmm. means, just jump in, right? Because yeah. you have that experience, that mindset. But if both of your parents were academics or both of your parents mm-hmm. were like a, a a lawyer and an accountant, you did not grow up around entrepreneurs and you need no. to work yeah. on mindset first. That's the first thing I would mm. say is Go work with someone that can help you shift that mindset. Because if you just decide, I'm just going to jump in, like people are telling me, and your mindset hasn't shifted, mm. most likely you're going to sink. And then you're going to be frustrated and think that it's not for you. And it could have been for you. You just did the mm. steps backwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. <laughs> All the yes. I, mindset is everything in running your own business. I think I I think it comes out pretty much on the show pretty clearly. And I know you do a lot of work around this and we can kind of dive in um, to, to the work you do around this. But yeah, if I can just like drive home this idea that mindset is everything, like what has got you to this level is not going to be what gets you to the next level. So because we get in our own way. If I look back at my last two and a half years of running a business on my own, I can point out like with like very clear deal. Oh, I got in my way here. Oh, I got in my way here. I mean, it all serves me. <laughs> it's all important in my journey. But the faster we can like get over ourselves, like push ego to the side, right? And like make clear decisions and have clarity on where we're taking this business the easier it's going to feel. Otherwise, there's the resistance that comes in, which you were talking about as well. And it shows up in our body. It shows up in our health. It shows up in our relationships. It shows up in, I don't know, like how we're making it harder for ourselves. So I love that you're bringing that up because yeah, when you when your business is coming through you, you're it. You're the first and the last person to like get in your own way. So if you don't have that in check, hiring somebody or whatever, doing the work, um, developing your own practices, it's going to be a lot harder to move forward quickly. Yes. And it has to be the real work. And I compare it, I compare it to if you've been on a subway, if you've been on the tube in London, right? If you've been in, in the subway in Paris, if you, every time you're going to get on the subway, you need a card that has money in it mm. and you put the card mm -hmm. in it. Um, and the, the reader reads it, you have funds. And so you haven't run out of funds. You're not at your limit. You're not at your upper limit. Right. So mm. it lets you that those doors, you can push through those doors, but they won't let you through unless it recognizes you have money. So when you have money, ah. you come through, you get on the subway and you ride for a minute and then uh -huh. you get to your stop and you get off and you enjoy it. And then you want to get back. It's just like, well, I want to go further. And so uh -huh. when you try to get in, you got to put your reader in. And if it doesn't have mm. any funds, you can't get in it. And what happens is that's how what happens in life, right? It's your mindset yep. is aligned to what you want. Manifesting is it's, it seems like it's flowing because your mindset is aligned. So you'll get into the mm. subway and you'll ride. What happens is a lot of people want to get higher and, and higher and expand and more, but they don't, they don't get the card. Um, you know, they don't get money in the card again. And so mm. they're pushing and pushing and the body gets tired and the yes. mind gets tired and it's the pushing and the resistant. And instead of doing what needs to be done, which is I need to realign my mind, my mindset mm. so that my spirit can come through so that I can see because manifesting is just seeing. A lot of people think that manifesting is woo woo magic stuff. No, manifesting mm -hmm, is science. Mm -hmm. It's, it, it has to do with your brain. I don't want to get too technical, but it has to do with your, with your brain and it allows you to see opportunities and what's in front mm. of you that you cannot see if you're focused on something else. And so you've got to do the real work. And so, you know, it, it, yep. a, a one, two, three practice is not going to work for you. Having crystals all around your house is not going to work for you. Um, you know, those things are great. I love crystals. Mm -hmm. I love all sorts of little things, rituals and things like that mm -hmm. help, but they're not going to do the job for you. You're going to, you're going to mm. keep pushed. You're going to keep hitting your head. So you, you really mm. have to do the dive uh, work. It doesn't mean that you're going to be working for the, you know, like people think, well, am I going to have to sit in somebody's couch for five years before I can move? No, 
It, mm. it doesn't mean you're sacrificing and working and doing therapy or with doing mindset coaching for the rest of your life. It could be just Forever. One, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, one conversation. <laughs> one session, one anything. Yeah, you're right. It's so true. Yep. I love that. How do you know you need like a tune-up? What are some signs of that? I, I, you didn't call it a tune-up, but like, <laughs> like, how do you know it's like, oh, it's not working. Like you need to make a little bit of an adjustment here. My advice is not to wait. Mm. Um, because if you wait it, that, you know, it's going to be harder. So my uh, advice is not to wait. Um, I have yep. my mentor on speed dial. So yeah, there um, you go. Yeah. She's been my mentor for like, for, I don't know, 15 years. Wow. Um, so my mm-hmm. mind mentor is yeah for, for like 15 years. And I, you know, I have, I consistently working on it. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't wait until, of course we're human, right? So sometimes yep. you just advance so much that it caught, catches you off guard. Sure, um, sure. But my advice is to continually pay attention to that and work through that. And when you do that, it's it's it almost seems effortless mm-hmm. because you're flowing through it. Whereas mm-hmm. like if you wait, like going to the dentist, if you don't do your cleanings every six months, um, you're going to run for a little bit without it. But then all of a sudden you wake up and your tooth is like killing you. Yep, and yep. so that's going to take a minute <laughs> mm, and it's going like to be so a it's lot. like a maintenance. It's going to be right? a lot more painful. Yeah. There you go. Right. It hurts a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Good and, point. yeah and I understand people because people don't see a lot of times they don't want to invest the money in that because they don't see sure. the, the physicalness of what the result is mm, going to be. Mm-hmm. But think about that gives you everything else. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, one of the biggest dominoes. Yep. A thousand percent. So what did, when you were early in your business, what did it look like as far as like income streams? I kind of like sharing that behind the scenes. It doesn't, we don't have to talk like numbers and amounts or anything, but like, how were you making money in those really early days? And then, and if you want to share a little bit about the evolution, like what changes have you made and what, you know, mistakes, right? And things that we like, we would look back on and be like, oh, that's where this misstep happened mistake in the in the kindest sense of the word like where we like oh like that was something a path i went down that now i understand why i did it but at the time right it it wasn't good or whatever so share us a little bit about like your business and how how it's evolved um i think at first uh, yes i was still working right so i was still having my mm-hmm, therapy mm-hmm. income and that gave me some sort of stability so that i could play around mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. invest in uh, mindset, invest in coaches. Um, and so that allowed me to really get myself prepared, right? Um, mm-hmm, I, I hired mm-hmm. a coach to help me get my first clients because I just didn't yep. know how to do that. And so mm-hmm. once I started getting my clients, I saw it's possible. My mind was shifting. I was yep. able to shift and I was more open. So I was doing less and less of the other um, and more and more online. So it was gradual because I knew Mm -hmm. I can't just let go of that because what happens is a lot of people when they jump in and they don't have anything coming in, the desperation Mm. of I need somebody to pay me will affect (laughs) that very thing. Because when you're desperate- Being paid. (laughs) Yes. When you're desperate, what happens is that you're activating your immune system, your fight, flight, or freeze. Mm. And so when you're activating fight, flight, or freeze, you are surviving. Your body's surviving Mm -hmm. and it blinds you. It actually blinds you from seeing opportunities because it's focused on surviving. And so you'll get sick. I mean, all sorts of things will happen. So you don't want to ever be in that situation in your business because 
doesn't mean you can't get out of it, but it's just so painful. And so I it's never, painful. Yep. it's very painful. And so I never want to create that. I never want to create that in my business. And so mm. um, I play, I don't want to say I play it safe because I risk plenty. Um, but mm-hmm. I always look at, hold on, is this decision going to really put my body and everybody's different. So everybody's threshold level is different. So that's why you can't do a, a group, like a, a digital course on this or maybe a group program, but you know, it has to have one-on-ones on it because everybody's threshold is different. And so yep. I looked in my business and I said how I can gradually let go of that um, so I can mm. jump more and more on this. Um, and that's how I did how I did that. And whenever mm-hmm. I'm shifting, mm-hmm. I always make sure I have my consultancy also that I that I have that I can bring in. I know I can bring in another stream of income. Um, mm. So, you know, so I balance that. I have savings yep. um, that I did while mm-hmm. I was thinking about doing this that I, I don't touch. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to when I have to make a decision whether investing in like long term, whether investing mm-hmm. in, in now, I, I invest in now. Right. So mm. I don't think about, you know, we have 401ks and stuff that we've had from the past and they're there, but putting money away for the future versus investing in what I need now, I invest in what I need now. What's going to create a stream of income now? Because when I'm 80, mm. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Yep. When I'm 80, but yeah. always have like some kind of cushion. The amount depends on you. Right. Some people need a million dollars in a cushion to make any move. Yeah. Uh, some people just need mm-hmm. 50,000. Some people need 10,000. Mm-hmm. Just have something yep. where you are not thinking, how am I going to pay my rent next month? How am I going to do it? Yep. Because that will really affect the decisions that you're going to make in, in your business. And in terms of um, mistakes, oh my gosh, I've made plenty. So I, <laughs> it's like, which one? Um, <laughs> uh, some of the investments I've done in terms of, uh, business coaching have not been the best. Sure. Um, sure. and I think now I, I, after, after doing those, I know better what I need. Mm, and so mm-hmm. it's just part of the learning process. Yep. Yep. Uh, and I've learned that just because someone is more famous or has more mm. influence doesn't necessarily mean, um, that they're going to be able to help you. I, I actually think the yeah. more of famous and more of an influencer someone is, the less they're able to help you. Mm, because the, yeah because they're like further away typically from like yeah. what you need like your next step yeah yes they're so true. far away to really even understand where you are yeah. or have the time and so the investment that you're gonna have to make for them to be able to pay attention to you is is mm. out of your reach we will it's put huge. you in a stressful mm-hmm. situation a lot of people do that it's like well i'll just invest everything that i have on this person because that person's going to give me the key and it puts you in such a stressful situation that mm, it does not, it's that. not going to work. Yep. yep. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, investments um, that I've made, um, I've made, I don't call them, I don't know that I call them mistakes, but you know, uh, just focusing on different niches and changing and shifting and oh, maybe yeah. I shouldn't have gone that way. Maybe I shouldn't have gone that way. But, yeah. Those are hard to call mistakes yeah. because they're part of the path, right? They're part mm-hmm. of the journey, I think. But I hear, I feel you on that too. Like looking back hindsight, you're like, oh, I didn't have to do that. But it's like, oh, I know why I did that. And I know why now I have knowledge that I didn't have, you know, 
back then that I can like refer back to about that choice that I made. Yeah, I'm with you on that. For yeah, sure. I mean, like I could just say, you know, I don't come from entrepreneurs. My dad worked for mm-hmm. a Fortune 500 company all his life. My mom was a social worker. My husband was in the army. We do not come mm-hmm. from people mm-hmm. that are entrepreneurs. So if we're just able to make this work and be free and be able to, we've already been able to do so many much more things mm-hmm. our families ever, you know, had ever been able to do um so like if we're able to be free and have a happy marriage and be Mm. healthy for the most part um i think that that's a a good goal like i'm not focused on eight figures i'm not even focused Mm -hmm. on seven figures because focusing on that when you focus on figures right focus and this is a Mm. huge huge learning lesson for a lot of people when you focus on a seven and you focus on eight what you're telling your mind is that's all where all my focus needs to go. But it oh, does, mm-hmm. it loses the focus on your marriage. It loses the focus on your kids. Mm. It loses the focus, loosens the focus on your health. So the the priority of the mind is the seven and eight figures and less mm. of everything else. And so you might get to seven figures. Great. Your marriage is very rocky. Mm. Maybe you don't even have a marriage anymore. Your kids feel that energy. So they subconsciously feel that you're not, they're not your priority. Even if you spend some time with them, you can spend some time with them reading and whatever it is, but they energetically can feel they're not Mm -hmm. your priority. Your husband can feel they're not the priority. Um, Mm -hmm. Even if you go on one date night a week, the focus of the mind is on the seven figures and everything around you knows it. Mm. So you got to be careful with that. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you and I both with our science background and stuff and the social science background too, it's like, you know, I'm going to say this, but it's not <laughs> any sort of conclusive evidence or data. But man, there's a lot of CEOs and uh, solopreneurs getting divorced. There's a lot, <laughs> a lot. Yes. And that w- <laughs> one of the reasons for that, too, is, you know, narcissists and sociopaths are very attracted mm. to CEO and business. They will not sure. be able to hold a marriage because mm-hmm. they can't. Um, I mean, a-, a successful marriage for a narcissist is another narcissist that never spent any time together. Mm, there you go. That would be a successful marriage. But yeah, there's a lot of that. So you've got to take that into consideration. And then the other part is if you're not, if you're not a narcissist or a sociopath, it's very, it's going to be very difficult to manage all those things. So yeah. um, very difficult. You've got to be very intentional and you've got to have mm. a lot of people on your mindset corner <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's going to be it's we're humans. So if you're really, if you're not a narcissist and a sociopath, you care and you Mm. have emotions. And so, you know, it's going to make it trickier to make it to eight figures. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You've, you've got to, cause you don't care. You could rob people blind. Right. And you don't really care. You you don't care. So Mm -hmm. caring, you know, takes energy and space. And, mm. and so you've got to really make sure what are your priorities. Like my priority is not to build a seven figure business. It's really not. Yeah. It's, it's really mm-hmm. to be happy and feel free mm-hmm. and enjoy life. And so mm. that's what my priority is. Doesn't mean money comes to me. Like yeah, what yeah, yeah, yeah. money comes to me, all those things come to me because I'm not fixated on the seven. Because if think about this, if I'm fixated on seven figures, that's, that's kind of scarcity mindset. Because it mm-hmm. says, until I have seven figures, I'm not going to be happy. I'm ah, not going to be successful. Yep, yep, yep. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. If, until I have seven figures, my life is not secure. Yeah. Until yep. I have eight figures, I'm nothing. It, it means mm. I'm not successful. Mm. And so that's what you're telling your mind is, unless I have multiple, multiple six, 
seven or eight. I am not part of the club. I am not considered yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's lack it's scarcity mindset and a little bit also of feeling unworthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a lot of it in this space for sure, of right? Course. It's everywhere. And yeah. so we wonder why it, you know, mental health is like a really important part of entrepreneurship that people don't talk about as I mean, I I'm seeing more of it. Um, that's for sure. But the idea about um, what that's doing to us, you're highlighting so well is, is um, you know, it, it is such a solo game. Um, and then we're seeing people's highlight reels with social media and the ads, right? And so then we are like, I'm not making it. I'm not good enough. I'm bad at this. And that's dangerous. It's dangerous. And back to the fight or flight, for sure, we could get in that state very easily because then we're just pushing to reach what you're basically describing is like, there's no, like you're pushing to reach something that is in the future and not about the now for sure. Yes. So you've got to yeah. be very careful because you're going to, and you're going to be seeing more and more of this budding entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs if from five years, four years, a lot of them just disappearing from the space mm-hmm. because you just mm-hmm. cannot keep that train. Um, you can't keep it up. You yeah. can't keep it mm-hmm. uh, unless you're a narcissist or a sociopath. And people don't want to talk about this, but but I have to talk about this because you're comparing chi- oranges to apples. Like you're, you're comparing mm-hmm. oranges to apples if we don't bring this up, right? So like you're mm. you, you're if you're not that, we're all you can't keep this train. So you're going to see mm. a lot of them more divorces happening, uh, family split, um, and unfortunately, a lot of these people are not really going to see it until their kids are 15, 16. Um, where mm. now you're really going to see the backlash of uh, mm. you think you spend enough time with them, but you really mm. emotionally were not connected and they could feel it because mm. all your f- mm-hmm. focus was on the seven figures and uh, mm-hmm. money can go tomorrow. So uh, yeah. nothing guarantees yep. you that you make seven figures today that you have nothing in 15 mm. years. So what you really yep. want to focus is on creating a mindset that allows you to believe that money comes to you at any moment yes. when you need it. Yes. More yes. than enough. More than enough. More than enough. Be- yes. Because yep. seven figures, I mean, it does not guarantee anything <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> in the world mm-hmm. we're living and how we're going. Um, and, and and is that sustainable? Can you keep making you know that sustainable? So it's it's a it's a huge thing that I see online and, and I, I, f- I feel bad. There's you know, I could only just drive the message and then whoever rehears the yeah. message then yeah, hears it. Totally. I kind of want to talk about like you and Malcolm running your business together a little bit. Oh my goodness. Let's dive into that. <laughs> We're into the talking about relationships. We made it. Um we, you're doing it. You're doing the thing. And it's funny because I, you know, Derek and I both run this business together and like, I'm, I'm trying to think if I've interviewed any other entrepreneurs who are in, who are in business with their husbands. That's not like a focus of this show. And I know it's new for you guys too. So I don't know if you want to kind of share how that's come to be as well, but, um, but yeah, let's go there. (laughs) We, we made it. We're still married. Mm -hmm. It was kind of touch and go there for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, um, we have very strong personalities. My husband is yeah. a retired uh, military uh, soldier of 20 years of service um, and a very driven uh, mm-hmm. human. He is now finishing his degree because that's he said, I'm, I don't care. I'm finishing my degree. Doesn't matter if I use it. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's super smart. Yep. Yep. Think, mm-hmm. Hopefully he'll be walking down the graduation aisle this summer. Yeah. Nice. And so, um, so he is very driven and focused and 
um, has always depended on doing his own stuff. So when we, and mm. I am the same way. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm mm-hmm. Puerto Rican, half Dominican, half Puerto Rican, which is even worse. <laughs> um, and so it, when we had to merge, I had more experience in this than he did. And so he felt that I was telling him what to do, which I was. Mm. I was. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I was telling sure. him what to do because I've been in this for more than him. You've been doing it a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had a lot of learning to do. And it was just, it was kind of annoying for me that he had to yeah. learn all of it. And so um, it was it was stressful. And then we were mm-hmm. spending all this time together, um, <laughs> which, you know, we are usually good with us together. Like we love spending time together. We don't get tired of each other. We go on long vacations. We go in the RV together and we're always together, but we'd never been this amount of time together, actually having to work together and make things. Yeah. Business. Like that's a totally different ballgame. Yeah. And so that was, um, we, we, we've learned like we don't have dinner together during the week. Uh, most of the week we don't have dinner or lunch together. Um, ah, Okay. Because if we are working through the entire afternoon, I don't want to sit and have dinner with him. You know, he doesn't no. want with me either because we've already talked yeah. ourselves out. Yeah. I just want a break from seeing your face. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the tr- mm-hmm. it's the truth. People don't want to talk like that, but it's the truth. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, no, for sure. And so we have dinner separately during the week for the most part. Um, and then, you know, it gives us that space because now we go to the gym together too. So it's like, he's like, do I have no escape? <laughs> right yeah and so on in the weekends then we come then we mostly do everything else um, on the weekends together Mm. but we do have that separate time to do our things and that was very important um but you know if your marriage is rocky do not try to do this oh yeah yeah that would be probably the worst idea ever Either that or you're just looking to end it quickly yes. and you're like, oh, well, this will make me not and like have to like say the words. It'll just happen. <laughs> yes. If you want to end it, then do yeah. it. But if you want yeah. to keep your marriage and it's rocky, fix that first. Mm-hmm. Because this will be the nail on the coffin of the death of your marriage mm-hmm. because it is a very difficult thing. I mean, we're pretty, we're pretty rock solid. Um, yeah. We've gone through some stuff. Like we've gone through stuff that people even dream of. Um, mm-hmm. And so... Not not from our direct, you know, fault, but, you know, he, he did deploy. And so, you know, I mm-hmm. had to bear with that. You know, that's a very stressful mm-hmm. thing. He came back. He retired. Mm-hmm. Many marriages end through retirement because that's alone is a huge stressor. Um, he has an ex-wife. For sure. <laughs> we raised his teenage son <laughs> um, mm-hmm. since he mm-hmm. was like 11 till he went to college um, with um, dealing with his ex-wife. Um, and he lived with us. So that just tells you a peak, right? Mm. So we dealt with, you know, relocation somewhere where we had no one. So we've dealt with a lot of stressful Mm -hmm, things. mm -hmm. My illness, um, Mm -hmm. when we got married, we were living on like $35,000 a year. Mm. Um, and I couldn't work because I didn't have a license here. So we, Mm. we've gone through a whole lot of things and, uh, we were pretty solid when we started this and, it, it was rocky. <laughs> this is the test. Yeah, I hear you. So yeah, yeah. Don't do it. It was the hardest thing. Don't do it. Don't now. do it. I mean, don't do it. And <laughs> like, here's what it really looks like, right? Like, and here's how you also get through it, right? Yes. Um, you know, Derek and I, same thing. Like, it was um, starting a business together. What it, you know was the big test for us. We actually hadn't 
been through anything major. Um, and in fact, I think for us, it, it is a weird identity shift. So that is going to show up. So, you know, he took the plunge with me. Um, I know many people know that. And um, he also was kind of trying to figure out what he was going to do. And it was like, oh, I'll, I'll join the business. And this was like early on. And he, he basically in a month was like, nope, I'm not going to join the business. I'm just going to run the house. <laughs> and that was a lot of things. We were house sitting all over the world. And there was a lot of like things that had to get done. So he had things to do. But then when, when we decided to have him come in the business, really, I was like, I need help. Like I'm struggling. But the time before I asked for help, you were talking about, you know, right. Waiting, don't wait to adjust, like be made like that. I ran myself like ragged and I took on every responsibility and stressor. And, um, and I felt like I was like holding down the fort. And that was, that was a lot of stress for one people, one person to take on. So then I was like, I need you just so I don't have to worry all the time. So that was huge for us. And like, I would say, and this was beginning of last year. So early 2018, when this podcast was coming out actually is, um, you know, the podcast was a month or two old was when he joined. But, um, then this whole year has been him just like basically trying to keep me together. And like, he would pick up pieces. And of course, a VA or an executive assistant isn't going to be as good as the person who's sitting right next to me, right? So unfortunately, he was just my dumping ground of stuff. Um, and we we made it through last year because he did take off some of the pressure. Um, and that wasn't the worst part. The worst part was actually him not being in my business. And I felt I didn't talk to him about it. Like what you brought up, the whole point of he didn't understand the industry. So Derek didn't understand the industry either, but he wasn't, um, that made me feel like I couldn't talk to him about stuff. And so it was like my job, like I'm all of a sudden the breadwinner. Never thought about that before, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm, and that's a lot to carry. And so, uh -huh. um, you know, having him come in helped us shift it. And now though, like now 2019, this beginning of this year is like, oh, we're not using Derek like in the way that we really could for this business, right? His skills aren't being used. He's just been, you know, quote, like just protecting me a little bit, like and taking away some of the pain and like stress. And so this year is all about him stepping into what he does really well. And now it took all last year for him to really learn this whole thing. But now it's like, oh, yeah, like what impact can we have now when we're both in our zone of genius? So it took a year for us to find our footing and to admit uh, that didn't work either. Right. And to be yeah. cool with that and be like, you know, and our marriage got stronger by doing it together. And I think that was the interesting thing about our story, too, uh, that I look back on where I'm like, we were doing the professor thing. You know, I married him. I fell in love with him. We were, we did, you know, because I loved his mind and like, I loved hanging out with him. And then it was like, we had similar goals. And so then we both became professors. We both got tenure. We both, you know, we're doing the, the things. And then all of a sudden it was Lindsay's running a business and Derek is doing something different. Oh my God, what is this? Like I'm used to us doing things in tandem. Yes. Um, and so we're back in tandem and it feels good. He's not going to probably be in this business forever. Like I shouldn't even say probably, like almost guaranteed, right? But now at this phase, and this is what I think is important to think about when you're like 
relationships and business is like, there are phases to this stuff too. Like it's not going to always stay the same. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's been cool. It's been a learning experience, but it's also been one of the hardest things I've ever done. Like, because yeah, we were like you, we were strong we were rock solid. And then we add this like layer of total uncertainty, what neither of us expected. And then no, that wasn't good. That was super unhealthy. We like, we're barely talking to each other. It's crazy. It, it is because you've, you changed, you changed the game. And so change the game completely. The, yeah, exactly. When you yep. change the game, that's why, you know, that's why if you don't have a Rollet foundation in your marriage it, before mm. you start this, you should really not do it until you get yeah. that, unless you want to separate because, and, and this is another thing, a huge thing in the industry that women don't think about, um, that, you know, we, a lot of it is I want to retire my husband. I want to retire my husband. Mm, that language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. there's a huge problem with that is that Mm -hmm. we grew up in a society where, you know, either men take care of the household or we partner. Mm -hmm. And so when you shift Mm -hmm. that without doing the work, subconsciously, Mm. you feel there's a, you just said it, you feel that there's a huge weight on your shoulders and you resent that. Um, Even if you, oh, but we agreed that he's going to take care of the household and everything because we have kids and all that stuff and he's going to do that. It doesn't matter. You made a conscious agreement, but your subconscious is not part of that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. A thousand percent. That's exactly what it was. And so then I resented during that time, I resented what he didn't have to do and like what he didn't know or understand about the pressure. But then I also did the like opposite of what you're supposed to do, which is you need to be communicating. You know, that's what works in those kind of scenarios. And so, you know, looking back, I wish I just had spoke up more and I wish I um, you know, said how I was feeling, but I went into weird, like hermit mode of like, he doesn't understand or he won't understand, which is never true, right? The story mm-hmm. I was telling myself was that. Um, and, you know, I'll be honest, when he did come in the business, when I like, you know, asked for his help, it was like, even just, I mean, every day something new comes up, he's like, whoa, I had no idea how crazy it is to run a re- webinar. And I'm like, yeah, no sh- <laughs> or like he was just on our like Q&A call for our students. And he's like, man, I'm like so tired after calls. And I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> and so it's really funny. Like, but, you know, he gets it. And there is a lot of respect that comes out of I had no idea what you were doing. But it's also because I wasn't showing him. And he just saw, you know, this. I don't know what he saw, actually. Like he just saw me like going to conferences and like whatever. But then I was also really stressed and, um, you know, my responsibility to be open and communicative of, of, about what I was feeling. I just wasn't it, it, like it, I was in shutdown mode, you know, looking back because it was flight or flight. Right. Mm-hmm. I was in the constant anxiety so that it's easy to shut off um, when you get that deep into it, you know, and resentment, resentment and resentment drives you. Yeah. Bitterness and resentment drives you to shut down. So it further aggravates mm. the problem because you're in flight yep. or flight and then you add resentment to it. That's really <laughs> going to cut you off. Um, yeah. And, and, yeah. and so it, it just aggravates whatever is there already. Yeah. It's funny because um, I asked him into the business at the end of this month. So we're coming in about a year. Um, but what got me to finally ask is I literally saw no way out. And I actually was like, I had the worst month I had had in my business last February and it scared the shit out of me. And I had, I had employees and, and contractors and I had clients and it was just a low month. And I was just like, I'm, I'm responsible for all of these people. Like, that's what it felt like, which isn't entirely true, but 
you know, then I was just like, I need help. I can't do this by myself anymore. And I don't know what to do. And so I just like asked him, I remember we were up in our, we have a hot tub in our house and upstairs, a, a condo public, not our own. And um, we were up there and I was just like, I don't know what to do, but I feel like an imposter. There was a huge conference in town in San Diego. It's about to come up again, the t- uh, traffic and conversion conference. And I was talking to people. I was at this like, whatever, like, high profile event with all these people on the beach and like people are telling me what their business is doing. And I'm like, I literally made like $2,000 this month. Like what the hell? Why am I here? And I just told Derek that. And I was like, I, I need help. I don't know. I, I, fe- I felt really low about myself is when I asked for help. Not like even the business. It was just more like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm an imposter. And so that was that invitation was he's like, I'm in. Let's do it. Let's make this work. I'll do whatever. And I was like, that's exactly what I needed. Why didn't I do this sooner? Why did I wait until I was, you know what I mean? But like it's in those moments that you, I mean, you have to, you shake out of the resentment and the bitterness. It's like you're now in a moment of like, this is it. It's game time. Like, what are you going to do about it? But that's why people say that they're, bottoms are the best things that ever happened to Mm. them because now you you just have no there's there's no thing to protect anymore right so like I say my my illness was the best thing that happened to me because now Mm. there's no ego I have no money I Mm -mm. can't work I am I I have nothing what am I going to show for so when Mm. when you have those moments um unfortunately you know it's part of our mindset that we need to get those moments to really Mm. let go because now there's nothing else right Mm -hmm. like i have to come clean like Mm -hmm. we are not gonna be able to pay the Mm -hmm. mortgages we're not gonna be able to sustain Mm -hmm. ourselves so i have to come clean and so that relieves a lot of the barriers it just makes the barriers come down at that point so those are sometimes the best uh moments because if you probably would have made money in that month you wouldn't have come to that bottom and you know i wouldn't have asked for help yeah later it would you would have kept going and then the bottom would have been you're in a hospital yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm. that saved you. Those, making $2,000 yeah. that month saved you from what would have probably yeah the next step for you to stop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love that. I love it. And I hate it at the same time. Because like when you're in it, it, it sucks, man. It so sucks. <laughs> but like, that's the thing too, is like, I think um, I'm reading Brene Brown's Dare to Lead right now. And like, I just read the part, there's a part in it where she talks about the sucky, like difficult, uncomfortable conversation or whatever. She goes, it literally lasts like eight seconds, (laughs) like the pain of the most pain it could be. So me asking for help felt like I've reached this bottom thing and now I'm being super vulnerable and he might say no and he might say, go back to work. Like who knows, right? It could, Mm -hmm. could go any way. But that pain lasts like eight seconds. And then it gets slowly lighter every day, every hour, whatever, because you realize it's not right that it can't stay that bad that entire time. And so we, but the buildup, man, that's where the pain is, um, is the buildup by not dealing with it as it's coming up. Like you're, like you were, you know, bringing up, don't wait to adjust. Don't wait till you hit the bottom. We don't have to wait till we hit that. We can be, doing the work and having the inner, like the conversations with ourselves. If I had done more of that um, and not rely on so much external stuff like coaches and masterminds and courses and all these things, if I was like really doing the work for me, um, I would have asked for help a long time ago, like sooner. I would have said like, this isn't working because... I would have told myself that. Yeah, I I honestly think that all the masterminding and all that stuff actually hurts 
instead of really helping. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. but I think those, I, I had the same similar conversation when I, when my, we finally decided him to come in, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm not on my bottom yet, but I just can't do this on my yeah. own. I can't do all this technical yeah. work and I don't want to hire somebody yeah. to do it because I am very difficult to communicate when it comes to technology mm. and hiring yep. someone would mean this person has to move in with us. Um, because I, <laughs> right. I don't, yeah, I can't like, I don't know what to do. Like I can't grow from here if I don't have someone come mm-hmm. in and help me with my, with the tech. Ooh, I, I, like if, that. Yeah. I cannot, I'm going to stay where I am. And so it's, and I don't know that I can keep going at this rate without somebody stepping in and helping with the tech because it's becoming a bit, I'm burning out. And so I think that a lot yeah. of the times that people are, are partners come into our business is not how people idealize it. Where it's like, I retired him. It's like, no, yeah. it came into my business because <laughs> I'm about to quit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I need someone else in this with me. It's he true. needs to suffer too. Cause yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's really, that's the reality. <laughs> it is the reality. That's so funny that you say that. Cause it is actually, as much as we're talking about divorce and all this other stuff, it's also super common to see a husband and wife team or, or partnerships in business together creating because when it's working, man, you it is fire, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, some VA that you find online is never going to be as like in it as your partner. And so if it works, if you can find the right like you know, combo of energy and you're really open about what's working and what's not, which is where I feel like Derek and I are this year, then it's like, it's just this kindling for something amazing because it can skyrocket people because, because I have somebody who's committed to, a uh, you know, many hours of work a week or whatever, very different than like a contractor. Um, so it can be super powerful if used, you know, if done well. Oh yeah. And you can flow, like we're building like the fifth website mm-hmm. in like a month and a half. Of course, you guys are badass. Yeah, like who's, yeah. Who like who's who are you, is gonna go? Nobody's gonna go with you. <laughs> build a no, fifth no. website in a month and a half because you change your mind. Like, yeah, could you see that ad now? Like, please move in with me, like Craigslist. Like, yes. you're gonna have to live in my basement. That would totally like a great. Yeah, it would totally sound creepy, but I'd be like, I'm gonna tie you up in the basement so you can't go nowhere. So all you can do is type because that's what's going to that's what's gonna be needed. Because yeah, sometimes yeah. we're at night and I come up with an idea like at you know nine forty five when we're watching TV mm. and I go like, oh, take a note of this because it just just came to me. Can you fix that? And sometimes he'll do it next day, and sometimes like, well, I have my phone here, I could just fix it now. I'm like, I could just do it right now. Yeah. yeah. Totally. So like who, what VA is going to do that for you? Nobody, mm. nobody. Yeah. No. Yeah. Nobody. Um, I love this. You know what I love about this? I, I think I mentioned to you like, um, that I was excited to have you come and I was like, well, I don't know why I didn't just like push you faster. And I was like, can you do Thursday? Right. Like I'm recording, but Derek and I were going to do an interview, um, today if you couldn't. And we haven't done one since my first, my very first episode, Derek interviewed me just about the transition. So we're going to do a joint episode kind of talking about what we've learned. And so it was almost like, I don't know, something about having a a marriage and family therapist on. Like I know that Malcolm had just joined your business. I kind of did a little bit of a prequel to uh, Derek and I's joint episode, I think. We haven't recorded it, but like 
obviously I gave a little bit of a rundown of what's happening. So I don't know. It's funny. I wasn't expecting this episode to turn into this, but but it's, it's pretty good. It's orchestrated because what remember that what we have in our it's our mindset, right? So it yeah. opens up to for you to see things that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. So that's mm. what manifesting is. It's just yep. now your reticular activating system in your brain allows you to see that. It's focused mm. on that. It's science. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it magic is. crystals. Yeah. It's really science. Nope. <laughs> mm-hmm. Weird, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is why I love academics being in this space. Because like Derek literally also this morning was talking about... Um, the salt lamps, you know how mm-hmm. everyone loves salt lamps. And um, the guy who does the YouTube channel, I forget, it's a physicist, a physicist. His name is also Derek. Um, he's Australian or he lives in Australia. Um, I forget what his channel is called. Anyways, he just did one on negative ions and about how pretty much it's nothing. <laughs> like there's, there's no scientific evidence um, that's, that salt lamps produce negative ions or that negative ions actually impact us in the way. It's great when we start to do research and we're like this thing that's so trendy, right? Like crystals too. Like it's so trendy and so cool and fun, but like, is it actually working? Nah, but does your belief and your joy that you get from it maybe add to like why it feels like it's working? Sure. So why not? It's great. Like, go ahead and do it. But um, I also like the just like real, like, here's the physics of what's happening. Here is what is not true um, that we have no evidence for whatsoever. Um, or here's where the evidence is a little murky. Um, and here's where it's actually pretty straightforward. So I don't know. I think we need more conversations around that kind of stuff. For yeah, sure. we totally. Because it's your belief, right? It's like, you know, mm. how about all the law of attraction it has nothing to do with attraction? So, yeah. <laughs> you know, so like yeah. there's just so many things out there that it's really what you believe, whatever you believe, your Huge. brain focuses on. And it kind of like, that's a simpler explanation, right? We can also talk yeah, about potentialities. Simplest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can yeah. talk about molecules and potentialities and that's physics and your husband would understand that much better yes. <laughs> uh, than me. So I would love a, a nerd conversation with him on that. We should. I know we should totally nerd out. Yeah. Super fun. Well, this has been really fun. Yes, it has. Thanks for hanging out. So we love to, we would love to hear what you're working on right now. Um, What's going on in your biz and then definitely how people can like reach out with you, reach out to you, like where you're hanging out online. Well, right now I am coming back to my origins, if we want to say. So I am coming back to helping women get on stock, clear those blocks, um, mm. all about manifesting and really bringing the scientific part of what manifesting and energy okay. is. Um, because mm-hmm. I just see so much stuff online that is just not real and it's just hurting people. And so Mm -hmm. uh, I'm coming back to really who I am and what I love doing. And so Mm. helping women do that in business, you know, how to, how do they get more clients? How do they make more money in their business? But you know, the real way, because strategy, strategy is 10% and everything in mind is 90. And so they're going Mm. about the wrong way. Right. And Mm -hmm. so how do we do that more money? How do we really invite wealth? Right. Because a lot of people bring in a lot of money and they lose it all. It just comes mm. out through a pipeline behind them. Yeah. Um, the yeah. car breaks down, somebody sues them. Um, it's all sorts of stuff happening. So, how do you really invite more wealth into your life without sabotaging it? Um, mm. And in love, like, how do you have your relationship love, yeah. flow yeah. Um, and really attract, you know, the, your soulmate um, while you're doing a business, right? Running a mm-hmm. business and doing all mm-hmm. those other things at the same time. How do you harmoniously? have those three things, run a business because business and money are two separate things. 
Yeah. How do you run a successful business, but also, you know, have money <laughs> from your mm-hmm. business to do what you want to do? And how at the same time can you really keep a relationship uh, going? And there is a there is a, a magic sauce um, to mm-hmm. make that happen that has to do with manifesting, not attracting. Mm. Mm. Awesome. Well, that sounds exciting. Yeah. And yeah, where are you hanging out on social? Um, the most. For the most part, you can just look at the mariasmendoza.com um, or simple manifesting. Simple, simple manifesting.com. That's a what? You simple. have that domain? That's great. Yes. Yeah, sim- yeah. Simple. Man- it just yeah, came to us and simple manifesting with the E, not the Y. Mm-hmm. Um, and just trying to make things simple because I think we have come to a place online where just overcomplicating this yeah. way too much. So good. Love it. Well, thanks for stopping by. Oh my gosh. Can I move in? Yes. You, <laughs> you can be. Yes, definitely. You can move in since we talked about all of this. You are supposed to come visit me, I think, but you decided to not come to these conferences. I decided not to travel. <laughs> I saw your Facebook first. Yeah. No, not traveling for the first 90 days of the year. Good for you. Good for you. Yes. Feels great. Cool. Well, I'll see you somewhere cool, I bet. Oh, yes. I bet I'll see you soon. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next time. Yes. Bye-bye.